We're live currently. First episode of Evolve Perception. All you guys tuning in right now, it's super exciting to have you guys. Um, we really just want you guys to be a part of this big community that we're making here. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that ranges from the crazy conspiratorial things to just everyday life, like stuff we're going through right now with COVID and where human consciousness is really heading. So when I started this, it was really a few months ago. I just started working on the idea of the podcast, and um, it's it's really something creative that I've been wanting to do for a while now. So my first guest is my good friend Tyler Carinti. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for having first me. First episode on, baby. I'm excited. Um, yeah, good. Good to have you here. Thanks. So my boy Tyler is uh, someone who regularly meditates, as I do, and someone that has connected with me on that level, and... I think we have a lot of similar ideas mm -hmm. that we can bring to the table and yeah. give to these beautiful people out there watching. So absolutely, yeah. The first thing that I wanted to talk about with you, Tyler, was uh, the Wim Hof method. And right. some of you guys know out there what the Wim Hof method is, and um, it's really changed my life personally. So Wim is this guy who, in the '80s and '90s, they called him the Ice Man. And he would do crazy, crazy world record-breaking stunts. And he has like seven of them in mm -hmm. Guinness um, for like holding his breath underwater for seven minutes in the freezing cold under an ice bed. And he takes people every year to his uh, house in Poland and does a week-long training with them where they can learn how to do the breathing and like really overcome their limits. So that has been um, something I've been doing for the past year and a half now. started last december and uh it's really it's really had a good impact on my life and helped mm -hmm. me understand more of what's going on with my mind and why i perceive things the way i do and why i think people in general perceive the things mm -hmm. that they do so tell me a little bit about so your i'll give them a background on what exactly wim hof method is right. like what the actual process is mm -hmm. so first off you can either do it laying down or sitting either way works um but what you do first is 30 in and out deep breaths um super aggressively mm -hmm. in and out then after you do that then you hold your breath you breathe out and then hold your breath um for as long as you can then you hold that breath for as long as you can after that breathe out and then take a deep breath back in hold that for 15 seconds and on these breaths is really where i feel mm -hmm. the effects of the right holotropic breathing yes the out of body yeah kind of you're tingling when you yeah. get done to done with the third round and i think friends i've showed this to back home all say very similar things about it like whoa man that was like a meditation i've never had before and i was like to them you just gotta start meditating right it doesn't start you don't have to start with the wim hof method mm -hmm. you just gotta take three minutes five minutes out of your day one day yeah. and take a little time to breathe think about what's going on so all that being said we know you guys are tuned into our mindset of meditating and yoga and uh, also we want to talk a little bit about stuff like aliens we want to talk about other things like people's perception in these states of meditation yoga all this stuff so my next point that I'm bringing up is about Nikola Tesla. My okay. friend Tyler Carinti knows a lot about Nikola Tesla. So what can you tell me about Tesla right now? 
Um, so my opinion on him, I think absolute genius. Um, he's pretty much brought all the technology we really have now was kind of because of him. Um, we People kind of think Thomas Edison did all this crazy stuff with electricity. Mm-hmm. It was actually Tesla. Um, he discovered um, ACDC current, the alternating current, mm-hmm. um, which all the electricity around us right now revolves on. And people don't know that. They don't teach it in the history books for some reason. Like they don't want you to know because they're hiding it. But um, Speculation. Speculation. <laughs> um, theories have it that J.P. Morgan, Tesla was... Um, we do know Tesla was funded by J.P. Morgan yes. for the very first part of his experimentations and inventions. We know that he had funds from him, and we do also know that he pulled funding from Tesla when he mm-hmm. discovered that Tesla found a way to create free energy. Yeah, and one of these quotes there is from J.P. Morgan when Tesla discovered this free energy. J.P. Morgan said, if we can't put a meter on it, to charge money for it, then I don't want it. Which, so the controversy here is we've got rich man and a genius man. Right. The genius man with all the money would do good. At least I believe so. Mm-hmm. And the wealthy man, J.P. Morgan, as we know, banks. Banks. And money. Nothing's wrong with money, you guys. We want to have it. We want to we wanna be able to use it as a tool. And that's exactly how you should use it, I think. But also, if we don't give funding to guys like Nikola Tesla and just allow things like the, the uh, electricity we use now, if we're, if we're just going to be stuck on that for the next 100 years or however long, it's not looking good for Mother Earth. So we can actually, and I know you might know a little bit about this, but there's something called the Kardashev scale. And the Kardashev scale basically talks about there's three levels of planetary and societal advancement. Okay. So the first level of the Kardashev scale is that we can actually harness the energy of the planet's core. And I think we're moving towards this with artificial intelligence. And it's also close to something that Tesla discovered called zero point energy. So zero point energy is also known as ground state energy. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, I'll, I'll, I'll quote this. The byproduct of the fact that subatomic particles don't really behave like single particles, but the waves constantly fitting, fleeting between different energy states, which means that the seemingly empty vacuum of space is actually a rolling sea of virtual particles. Which, you know, if we want to get into simulation theory, we could. But also, we like to talk about zero-point energy as in the thing that powers UFOs. And this is what Dr. Stephen Greer has talked about, Bob Lazar, the guy you may have heard about who basically started all the craze with Area 51 in a little uh, area outside of Area 51 called S4, where he discovered element 115 which nobody knows if it actually exists. There is an element 115 on the periodic table of elements called Muscovium, but it's not the same element. And when Bob Lazar talks about using this element, he talks about it in a way that is so similar to how we may find soon how to utilize zero-point energy. And this element may very well be 
some compacted form of zero point energy that may take us outside of our own solar system, right? So what do you think? What do you think if we, if we had right now, we had zero point energy, which basically gives us access to fly anywhere we want in a split second, if the theory is true, how could we use that? Um, I think first of all, then we could travel to other solar systems, find um, rare metals, rare earth metals that we would need right, um, to kind of fund the science mm -hmm. and um, really promote technology almost exponentially probably, yep. be able to mine asteroids. People would probably become trillionaires mm -hmm. um, through that discovery. Um, but honestly, the opportunities are endless. If people yeah. didn't have to worry about money anymore, mm -hmm. then we could promote science and technology versus what's going to make the most profit um, yeah. at this point. And I think that if we if there is no need for money and we have all this free energy to use, everything's limitless, right? Right. I mean, we have this never-ending field of particles that we just heard about. And we also have people who can work together and use this information to create whatever kind of beautiful world we want to. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that where we're at with artificial intelligence and where we're heading with these things that they are they going to grow our human consciousness or are they going to lead us to just becoming robots right i mean i think that's one of the big arguments right now like are we going to be able to successfully interface with other people via a neuralink in our brain right without mm -hmm. it actually harming us in any right. way speculate on that a little bit yeah. I think Merck wants us to turn up the mic a little bit. Turn it up? Yeah, turn it up a little bit. Oh, yep. Is that better? How about now? Let's see. A little better? Can everyone hear us? Good. Everyone's doing chat. well, yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Also, guys, thank you so much for joining our first episode. Like, it really means a lot. And uh, a lot of this is really just me and Tyler talking to you guys. And then me and whoever is next. I mean, we'd love to have Tyler on here every time, really. Um, Luke Mercurial behind the camera right now. Thank He's doing you, a great job. Um, yeah, well, we can see comments and everyone and everything. So hit us with questions. Hit us too. with questions if you got anything. Um, I had a few more points. I mean, we have a lot more points to talk about for sure. But um, we would love to hear what you guys have to say right now. Do you guys have anything to say about previous conversations with Zero Point AI? Okay, here's the next question for you, Tyler. Hit me. Do you currently think that in our lifetime, we will begin to see other intelligent life help us in the advancement of our society? Yes. But I say this, so I say yes, but there's a kind of a parenthesis around it because mm -hmm. I think they may help us, but we may not know right. they're helping us. They kind of want to do it, let us. They want to push us, but not completely guide us to um, where they want us to go. Because I don't think they want to let ourselves destroy ourselves with mm -hmm. these nukes and wars, famine, hunger, poverty. 
I don't think they want that. I think they want to keep kind of this, maybe if they're, if they're watching us, they're probably experimenting on this, mm -hmm. collecting data from us. Um, so I think we will for sure, if we yeah. haven't already, because um, we were talking about this earlier, after the US and other mm -hmm. countries started doing nuclear testing back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, UFO sightings almost went up exponentially. Um, right around that time. Which is kind of a crazy point because they're probably flying around and they probably got a ping from their radar and was like, oh, nuclear testing's going on on planet 015723. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's go check it out. Exactly. And so they probably came over was like, oh, these dumb monkeys are about to destroy each other with these super powerful atomic bombs. So we should probably slow them down. I don't know what they did, but uh, there's theories out there that they might have helped us not destroy ourselves yeah. in World War II or whatever. So nuclear power is interesting. And we have these reactors all across the country mm -hmm. that potentially could fall apart at any second mm -hmm. and create mass destruction everywhere. Right. And my personal argument is not that we need to just destroy all the nukes. I kind of think we might need to, but in the case where we have advanced intelligent life here that we don't actually know about, but I think a lot of you guys watching probably believe the chances that there are in fact intelligent extraterrestrials out there. And whether or not they want to help us or if they're already helping us or if they're just experimenting on us or what they're doing, mm -hmm. we don't know. I think it's due time that we find out. And I think with all the weird stuff going on this year and last year, and really, it seems like for a long time, maybe even since the 70s when we weren't even born, this stuff was going on. But I think that we will see that intelligent life link up with us, probably dap us up, you know, see what's going on, see so what's guys. good. And uh, talk to the guys like you and me who are on a podcast mm -hmm. and all of our friends are watching and they see us as having conversations about them. Maybe they want to help us. So mm -hmm. aliens out there, you guys should help us out. But um, thing is, we also want to help society. And this whole thing that we're doing right now is about moving our collective consciousness up and up and up and raising our vibrations so that we don't have to trip about whether our kids are going to live in the future and what like what money's like in the future like we don't need to trip about any of that stuff because we have this sweet sweet community that uh is full of people who want to change the world and not just be another npc walking down the sidewalk mm -hmm. because that's boring man that that sucks yeah. So. Let's see, I think we've got two, a couple mm -hmm. questions over there. Can't really read them from here. Turn it up a little bit more. All right, move it this way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. I feel like I can hear that uh, pretty well. Is it, where is it coming out? Who said Jeffrey Epstein is my hero? <laughs> He's a lot of our heroes. Fuck that guy. All right, cool. Guy on the left is kind of cute. Ashton, is that you? What's up? What are Peter, you? Peter said you're cute. Oh, that must be me. Oh, got a comment from my buddy Tyler Pache. 
France supplies free fresh water to their whole population and is really clean water. So dope. <laughs> that is dope. Because another thing we can get into is fluoridating our water. And this is something that has happened since, oh, for me, I feel like it's been forever. Yeah. I feel like it's in everything. It's in your toothpaste, man. And it's completely toxic and decalcifies or calcifies your pineal gland. And you, we can talk about that next. But when we're talking about fluoridation, we mean the literal dumping of this salt-like chemical that goes into our water supply. And our government has actually done this since I believe the 70s, I think is when they actually started implementing fluoride into the water mm -hmm. um, because they said they claimed it helps with dental health. Right. Which and, is yeah. not really the concern of the government, is it? No. Um, and I feel like I feel like almost everybody in the chat as well, you learned that in school that fluoride's in your water to promote tooth health, mm -hmm. which is, I don't know. It's weird that everyone kind of knows that. It's like yeah. they're trying to get you to realize or know something that just isn't true. Right. Um, which I think is interesting about a lot of other things they tell us that is fact or truth. Right. Well, I think a big thing about the occult world is that symbolism and the stuff they use is always right in your face. Very. So that's something we got to make these people aware of that mm -hmm. they don't know about yet. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about occult-wise. We don't really need to get into that yet. But um, it still, in terms of what our government has done to us in the past, and uh, you see the Flint, Michigan crisis with their water mm -hmm. um i mean that's that's horrible that's still going on and with um toothpaste i mean it's literally in your toothpaste yeah and get off of the fluoride toothpaste straight up <laughs> it's so bad for you guys i mean if if you really want to numb your mind and i don't mean in a uh, euphoric sense at all I mean to the point where you see only black and white, no colors in between. That is exactly what I felt like I acted like when I was probably drinking heav heavily fluoridated amounts of water and using, I mean, I've used fluoridated toothpaste my entire life. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So only made the switch probably recently, like six months ago. Yeah. When I really started realizing, hey, I think this is affecting my day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. After meditation, like, wouldn't feel right. wonder what it is. Oh, it's fluoride. And that may not be the complete conclusion that you guys will all come to if you feel hazy sometimes or just, like, think about the first thing you do when you wake up. It's brush your teeth. First thing before you wake up. Uh, first thing, wake up. Mm -hmm. first, last thing before you go to bed. Yeah. I only made the switch two weeks ago. Feeling good. Feeling a little better. Feeling and you probably, better. I, you know, guys, I don't think you're actually going to notice any super crazy effects if you don't have a practice like meditation or yoga where you're really getting in tune with your mind and mm -hmm. trying to find what wavelength you're on when you start your day or end your day. Mm -hmm. So we could um, go a little bit into... Galactic Federation stuff. Mm -hmm. Should we? I think we've got a bunch. Oh, we've got a bunch of. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Yeah. 
Fluoride makes women more slutty. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Hypochlorite, what is that? Water water purification? Thank you, Tyler. Hypochlorite is main component in the water purification, which is practically bleach. Luke, can you fact check that for me? Mm -hmm. Dope. Awesome. Then maybe something we should talk about on the whole pineal gland calcifying the pineal gland mm -hmm. about the Wim Hof method yeah. of why it kind of makes you feel certain ways. Yeah. Um, how I think it, some people, they, people learn about how your spine has spinal fluid and yeah. brain fluid. But I think it blew my mind when I realized that, that ev like everything that surrounds your brain up here, mm -hmm. it runs all the way down your back. Yeah. So when you're crunched over at your computer or sleeping weird, right. that's kind of weirdly compressing your spine mm -hmm. so it's not letting that free flow of spinal fluid yep so when you do this holotropic breathing it's breathing um, taking that spinal fluid down from your base then bringing it all the way up into your brain and then science or kindness says that um it's pushing all that extra fluid mm -hmm. in there um is pushing on that pineal gland which we think kind of creates this third eye, yeah. this different level of consciousness. Um, now, whether or not you are a spiritual person or consider yourself someone in tune with the universe, we do know that the pineal gland is real. Yes. And we do know that it serves as the function for our dream state, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because why would we be using stuff like fluoride that actually covers your pineal gland and makes it look like a white rock in your brain when it really looks like a uh, golden-ish, uh, pea-sized little little guy in there. Yeah. So, um, backtrack for a second, but yeah, the um, the spinal fluid thing is really interesting because you start to see it as like the oil for your body. Yeah. And when your brain runs out of oil, and it's not cooking. You can't run it right. You're mm -hmm. just subconsciously doing everything that you would do in your daily life, except you're not really making your own decisions. Mm -hmm. You're kind of just going with the flow. And there's a totally different flow you could be going with, even though you might not know that. You could totally change your habits any which way just by doing one of these breathing exercises like mm -hmm. for five minutes. I mean, it's a complete reset on your body's alkalinity levels and actually, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it with how it actually reaches the brain with the breathing. You're actually pulling up spinal fluid breath by breath by breath, and it eventually travels straight into your piezoelectric gland, which is right next to the pineal gland. You don't quote me on that, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it is. And uh, that's where the oil is basically dumped in and... What makes your brain, your brain start kicking and, and really lets you see what's going on in true reality, whatever that is. Who said? Oh I know, these are funny. You guys are fantastic. That was much better. Merck zooming that in. That looks a lot better. Now I can read them. Hello, everybody. How we doing, guys? 
middle of the episode, not even, but um, we see a few more people coming in. It's good. It's good. Um, okay. <laughs> not a chance, Conrad. <laughs> Actually. I'll, I'll ask you a question. Yeah, please do. Because I'm trying to find out where I have. Let me see. Um, what's your opinion on AI? Artificial intelligence. My opinion on artificial intelligence starts in the year of 1999 with a computer hacker named Neo. Mm. and a journey that takes him through a red pill, blue pill, different world matrix where everything is controlled by these robots, which they do call them robots in the movie, I believe, mm -hmm. just feeding off of humans in tubes. Now, when I talk about AI, it's kind of a kind of a shaky subject because you can guess ai but ai can guess you back just as just as quickly mm -hmm. so right now i say something and my ipad my phone they're turned on probably listening to probably. what i'm saying probably now they've added the feature where you can see a little orange dot to see if it's using your microphone now <laughs> which is like okay now i can see when it's actually using it but most of us know that when Snowden released those files, they're pretty much spying on you all the time. Yeah. They may not actually be looking at you. You may not actually have an FBI agent behind the computer as a meme say, like ready to, ready to see what you're doing at any second. But it is a thing. Yeah. And it does exist. People really do watch you. And whether that is a recorded piece of data that just gets stored away Whatever it is, it is stealing away from our privacy. Mm -hmm. And when you factor in AI, then you realize they could do even crazier things with AI. They could take, they could take a group of people and match them to another group of people and make, basically make those people followers of each other without mm -hmm. them even knowing it. Yeah. So it creates this this big old hive mind of people that are alike. And you see that's what hap that's what's happening kind of with the recent election and Twitter and echo chambers, yeah. the all the politics. So those algorithms are actually dividing us more than a real person is actually trying to divide us. And I think they want that cuz then we spend more time on these apps and mm -hmm. that means there's more time for us to swipe past an advertisement yep and um i was watching the the netflix original on mm -hmm. i can't remember what it's called the doc um social dilemma the social dilemma yep and it pretty much talked all about that how they're just vying for our mm -hmm attention um on any of these apps snapchat twitter instagram i think 
and then how they design these certain things. One thing I noticed when they talked about the design mm-hmm. was on Twitter, you know, when you hit like the refresh and right. then it doesn't just take you to the top. Mm-hmm. It kind of scrolls all the way through right. what you just think, just saw. And I kind of like analogize that to a slot machine. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought that kind of was kind of an interesting design feature. It's like, why did they do that? And I think that's one of the reasons because it's kind of, yeah, swipe down, yeah, makes a cool, funny noise. Um, but AI scares me because mm-hmm. it's getting to know you better than you know yourself. And then once it can know that, once it knows you better than yourself, then it can just totally loop you back into your phone. Because mm-hmm. I found myself at times like, there's nothing new on my phone but I don't want to get off of it. Right. I just want to keep searching for like the new thing or yeah. whatever that's on there. It's almost like it's playing chess with you all the time. Yeah. And when you try to get a step ahead of it, it's already two steps ahead of you. Right. Which is why I feel like it's, it's not purposefully divisional, but it will divide and it has divided us. So, going from there, your thoughts on Neuralink, mm-hmm. which is Elon Musk's interface, his uh, internet to brain interface. We spoke a little bit about that earlier, but I think that Neuralink can be very good for us. Mm-hmm. They proved that when it was inside of the brain of a pig and not active, that the uh, the electroencephalographic shot of the pig's brain actually showed that it was totally normal to the other pig's brains. So they're acting fine. Mm-hmm. And when they try to heal a uh, neuron in your brain with it, it actually creates a little spot of gray matter, just a little bit. So it's actually like giving your brain more capacity, which could be bad potentially if our brains just start getting huge. I don't know if that's what would happen, but it's interesting to see because once we, I mean, guys, we're already cyborgs with our phones. So when we use our phones every day, they can be super good for us and super helpful, but also uh, like in the social dilemma, we realize that, we are the product being sold because you download a free app. You are the product that they're using. They're selling you. How, I mean, that's the only way they can make money is if they're selling your data to third parties. And this, I just really, really disappointing to see that uh, we've been belittled in this kind of way. Yeah. One of the quotes that was in the social dilemma was, I think, if the product is free, you are the product. Yes. And they're collecting either your data or they're collecting money from the advertisers that the app that you're on. Right. Right. So. It's scary. Because if we, uh, I mean, we saw Twitter just got birdwatch. And 
that, I mean, wow. so I did, I'm not really sure what Birdwatch is. I didn't completely familiarize myself with it, but what I got out of the, uh, the short little 60-second spiel they put out when they mm -hmm. updated, it's basically going to be a fact check on every post that gets sent out. Automatically, keywords are going to be used to basically find whatever is a conspiracy theory. And, uh, okay, all right, here's how Birdwatch actually works. Thank you, Luke. Birdwatch allows people to identify information in tweets they believe is misleading and write notes that provide informative content context. We believe this approach has the potential to respond quickly when misleading information spreads, adding content that people trust and find valuable. Eventually, we aim to make notes visible, visibly, <laughs> visible directly on tweets for the global Twitter audience. Global. Globalism? <laughs> when there is a consistent consensus from a broad and diverse, diverse set of contributors. So... That is directly from Twitter. That's what they've got on their blog about what Birdwatch is. And that, that's terrifying. It's a little terrifying. A little scary. A little scary. 